everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I am so glad you are here today. Welcome back. If you are one of our friends that we know already or have been listening to us, and just welcome if you're new and if you just recently found us. Today is so, so exciting. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for months, really years uh, for this day. And that is to introduce you to our new course that we have. It may just be the best day ever. In fact, today may be the day that you look back in time and remember that you were where you were, whether you're driving, whether you're at home, uh, doing the dishes, <laughs> you'll remember this moment in time when you heard this podcast and this changed your life. It changed the the pathway in your home. It changed the trajectory for your kids and their screens. And I, I have that day that I remember way back when, as many of you know, my oldest son was very addicted to video games. And it was not until I was driving him home from his first year of college. So you got to picture that drive on the way home from his freshman year. I remember exactly where I was. I was on an interstate and I probably could remember the exit if I got the map out and looked. I just remember exactly where I was when my son told me, mom, this video game did something to me. I've been in bed for over a week. I was floored. Of course, I was driving, so I had to keep focused on my driving. And it was that moment in time when all of a sudden I realized what had happened to him and all the 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 conflict that we had been through. And we just loved our son so much, Adam, and he was so sweet and just such a great kid. But you know, I thought he was going to go to college and I thought that he was going to outgrow his video game addiction. And guys, it didn't happen. He played more. He played more than he played at home to the point where he quit going to classes. So today, what I'm going to share with you, uh, and, and hopefully this will be a defining moment in a way for you, like that was for me. I'm going to share with you how this course came about. And that first story is really important because when we got home, We spent a number of months figuring out what to do, but one of the biggest things I had to figure out was what happened to Adam. Why did he get addicted to a video game? How did you get addicted to a video game? How is this possible? How does this work? I started going to medical conferences. I am a nurse. I graduated from Emory. I have a lot of contacts all over. And I started calling them and I was attending um, different conferences and calling doctors. And I'm like, somebody please explain this to me what happened. Because back then you know, 2012-ish, we didn't have a lot of information like today. And so I traveled, I read, I read so much. I read so many books. Then I started doing workshops. And I remember the first workshop that we did was at our school and we put a little flyer. It wasn't even an email. It was just a flyer on the front door. And and it just said, uh, the counselor and I decided to put this together. And the flyer said, if you were struggling with video games in your house, we're having a meeting next week. And do y'all know we had over 125 people come to this meeting? It was amazing. It was sad in the sense there were so many people that were so concerned, but that marked the beginning of what I'm talking about today and what is available for you today. That marked the beginning. And from that point, I started putting together a PowerPoint with slides, of course, that had everything I wish I had known about screens and child development and what was happening to our kids and video games. And then of course, social media and all that followed. So for many years, I have been doing presentations out in the public. I have traveled far and wide. I have been many, many places to lots of different groups of people. And every year, the presentation gets better and better and better because I continue to do a tremendous amount of research. And I have gotten to be really good friends with a lot of the guests that you have heard on this podcast. And so over the years, the research has just gotten so robust and so has our presentation. So when COVID hit, of course, as you know, we uh, struggled getting out on the road. 
because nobody was getting out on the road. (laughs) And we kind of transitioned all into Zoom meetings and whatnot. So I took that time to fine tune this content even further and started building an online course because I thought what would be fabulous would be to have an online course using our technology as a wonderful tool, of course, to get this information out far and wide. I'm only one person. I can only do so many workshops and it just made sense. So this course, while we are just now releasing it, I just want you to know that there have been years and years of time and experience and research with all the content that you're going to see when you when you get this course on our site. So it's just so exciting. I I am I don't know, I just I'm just so thrilled that you're able now to access this information and I don't feel so much pressure to constantly go out every single week even though I still love to go out. But I want you to just think for one minute. Can you imagine never arguing about screen time with your kids? Just Think about that just for a minute. Imagine what it would be like, not, you know, just to take, just to take that conflict, that, that part of your parenting, just to take those heated discussions and those little arguments, just to take them off the table. It is the most amazing thing. And I am so able to share this because in our life, we've done both ways. (laughs) We, we, we took path one with Adam and we just had a lot of discussions that that weren't happy. And then now we have path two with the rest of our kids and the screen strong path. And it is just so much better. It's just our life, our life has been helped so much by all this information, all the stuff that we're going to talk about today. So I do know that a lot of y'all will go and, and look and you'll see the different, the price and all on the course. But I want to tell you one thing before I dive in with our guest, because I have a guest that is going to help me um, go through the course with you today. We're going to give you a preview. Isn't this so exciting? So I want you to know that what you're going to get in this course is worth way more than one counseling visit, but the the price of it is less than one counseling visit. So we're going to talk about that again a little bit at the end. Um, so like I said, today is a great day. We're getting ready to preview this. I'm just going to give you an audio preview. It's going to be so fun. I can't tell you how excited I am. And so I have asked Anna White to join me. Anna is one of our ambassadors and she is the perfect person to join me today because Anna helped design the course experience experience just for you. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so glad we get to do this. I've been wanting to do this forever. But before we dive in and uh, give our parents out there a little overview and kind of some behind the scenes information (laughs) on the course, tell us just a minute, just a minute about you and a little bit about your, your involvement with ScreenStrong. Yeah. So I knew just a little backstory. I knew that me and screens were about to get in a fight when my now (laughs) 16 year old was four and I decided to start schooling her at home and she couldn't concentrate. So red flags went up all over the place for me. Um, We have a larger family. And so I just love the way you're talking about this can really be it. I mean, you can really not have the discussion about screens. And we didn't have those discussions with the children. Like, we don't have those discussions. And I thought I was the only one. So finding Screen Strong has put an amazing language around what we're already doing. And it makes so much sense. So I have just found it amazingly honorable to be a part of this. Like, I I can't even believe the state I get to be in. And then to be able to bring your stories and your science and all the things that you've researched over the years to light has been amazing for me. I just thank you so much for letting me be a part of all of it for sure. Well, you are definitely a big piece of this puzzle to get everything out of my head (laughs) and um, to make it look right. And honestly, Anna is so talented and so responsible for the experience, like I said. So parents, when y'all are out there looking at this or teachers or all the different counselors and physicians, you know, it doesn't feel academic. It feels more real life, which is what 
we are after for sure. And when Anna talks about having conversations or talks or whatever with her kids, she and I both mean that we talk to our kids a lot about screens, that's for sure. But what we we don't have is the arguments and we don't have the pushback and we don't have, I don't know, it's such a different way of life, isn't it? Like, I mean, Anna, you you never had to go down the path that I went down where you just love your kids so much, but you're in this constant turmoil over setting the kitchen timer you know, you've had too much time. You've been on it for two hours. And he says, no, mom, I've only been on it for 30 minutes. And you say, no, it's been two hours. And there's just this tension. I'm so jealous that you haven't had any tension. I think that it's very, it's very unique place to be at. But at the same time, it all boils down to like this obedience or disobedience. And they don't actually understand that they're you know, you're getting frustrated about these, this time yeah. Um, yeah. away from the family, away from all these things. And, and they're almost so sucked in that they can't even explain why. And it becomes a huge problem for our teenagers mentally, even, which is very ironic that we're doing this podcast in the middle of mental health awareness month. Um, it's yes. a stress. It's a big, big stressor on our kids. It's a stressor on our kids. It is a stressor on our families and on our parents. And so the mental health issues today are huge. The the articles, everything in the news, all the research that's coming out, all the new statistics on how many teenagers are dealing with stress and anxiety. Well, I'm here to tell you that there are a lot of parents dealing with stress and anxiety over the screen issue. I, I haven't talked to this many people in so long parents that tell me, Melanie, not only is my child on antidepressants, but I'm on antidepressants because I cannot tolerate the arguments in our home. It is not one, not two. I have lost count this year alone of the parents who are struggling with mental health and it's over screen issues in their home. And that's why I'm, I'm just so grieving over all that because it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And Anna, you're a perfect living example of your your kids aren't arguing with you every day over screen time. I, oh, I mean, no, no. and I, but they're arguing about other things. So I don't know how you could add one more thing. <laughs> I know exactly, right? And <laughs> yeah. this is why our mental health in this country is just going downhill. And so anyway, what let's do? Let's do this. I'm going to flip through the lessons, and then we are going to kind of walk you through. We're not going to be able to spend a whole lot of time going through every detail, of course, but we're going to pick out some high points in each lesson. And um, we're going to do that for a bit and it, you know, it won't take too long. So let me start with the first part. You know, this course has two parts. There's really three parts because we have a, a detox of the challenge. It's also included. So when you register for the course, you purchase it, you click the button, you go in, you make a login, and then you're on the, um, the dash for the courses and you will have lifetime access. So you will have the ability to come back next year when you have new questions and we will continue to update it. But when you click on it, you're going to see the kids' brains and screen. So that's the one we're going to start with. And we're going to go, go review that right now. We're going to review that right now for a few minutes. And then we're going to jump over to the solutions and we're going to review that. Let's start with the introduction here. And I, I'm bringing the introduction up only because I think it's important to talk about how to use this course. This course is designed a couple different ways. You can use it individually. You can download it today and you can binge and you can actually read through the whole thing in one sitting if you want, although that would probably take you a little longer than you want. Yes. Um, so it can be individual use or you can use it in a group. And that's really effective to get once a week. Maybe you have your girlfriends over, you have your couple's friends over, or just whatever friends that you can find at school that want to do this with you. You commit to maybe like a 12-week period. You go through a couple lessons um, at a time and have discussions. Using this course for a discussion group is a fabulous way to do it. So that opens the doors for your groups at school, churches, different community groups and organizations, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. There's so many different pockets of people out there that you know. We do ask that you do not 
share your link. We ask that you tell people about it. Our mission, though, is to provide education to hurting families who are struggling with screen conflicts in their home. And we do this by monetizing some of the different work that we do. So we have so much available for free. If someone you know needs this course, please have them contact us and we will see if we can contact a donor that can cover the cost for them. Or if you are able and have gotten a lot out of the course, please be one of those donors that covers the cost for another family. The references for all of the lessons are found on our ScreenStrong website. At the end of every lesson, you click on the link, it will take you to the place where all the references are. And then finally, I'll just say in the beginning here that the course is not designed to be uh, replacing a needed counselor. So if your child is having bigger problems, you definitely want to seek counseling. But this course is designed to provide you with all the education that you need to get started on your screen journey and start making changes. Like I said, in the early days, I had to find all this stuff on my own and it was so hard. And so I'm just thrilled to get it all under one roof. So let's look at lesson one, Anna. It is called Building Healthy Brains. And I decided we had to start with this lesson because this is just really important. You can't understand why you're limiting screens if you don't understand about brain development. In this lesson, we go through a section on how the brain grows. We have a stack here on brain facts that is just very interesting. You can sit and go through this lesson with your kids. It's it's really, really interesting. We have a whole section on how to build strong executive function and then tips for increasing this executive function. This is what we forget in our screen world that our kids aren't learning some basic things. We have a section on life skills and emotional intelligence. So you're going to learn so much about this. You're not going to be able to open a neuroscience practice. I promise you that. However, you're going to know so much more than the average parent out there about why. It, the why is so important. There's a whole uh, stack of deck, we call it, that Anna designed called What is Needed for Healthy Brain Development. Oh my goodness, Anna, if only I had this before I ever started having kids. It was just, this information is so critical. And it's also very important, I think, that the that parents know, I mean, they're not having to research. This is what this is for. You've already done that hard work. But just to understand really where their child is in development and be able to have just a rebuttal towards people who think they've lost it, because mm-hmm. that comes right after you make a statement or you be, decide to stand up for something, you're going to have to know why. And this yeah. is why this first section is super important. It lays the groundwork and the first section ends with a whole description of how to build a healthy identity. And it goes through the stages of identity that children go through. Boy, is it, is it important? And um, then we end every lesson with some takeaways. So if you just want to skim through and then read the takeaways, not, not bad. If you've got tons and tons of, uh, you know, kids hanging around you, you don't have a lot of time. So the, What I'm trying to say is there's something in here for everybody. You can take a deeper dive. You can do some skimming. You can get to the parts where it's like, oh, I think I'm more interested in this and spend a little more time on those parts. Mm -hmm. Let's go to lesson two. On lesson two, the title of lesson two is called The Teenage Brain. And I am, you know, uh, Anna, you know me. You've known me for a while. I could not do a course without without having a separate lesson for the teenage brain, (laughs) because there's so much to understand about the teenage brain. And so this lesson is just full of all these little secrets that you didn't know about why your teenagers act the way they act. So you will no longer be upset or shocked when, (laughs) (laughs) when they do things. Right. So it goes through the teen brain basics. And there's a whole section there of all these different brain facts. And this is really important to actually sit down and go through this with your teenager. It's uh, We did that with our kids. And once we did that, we had words, we had vocabulary, we could use language that they would understand about money. Your amygdala is just on overdrive. Remember? Oh yeah, mom, you're right. You know, we had some 
good language around that. And we talk about how intelligence is not maturity. And it's not that we don't like you. You're just not mature enough and you have to trust us. There's a section on encouraging healthy brain development in teens. And my favorite part, Anna, you can tell me what your favorite part is, but my favorite part I think is still the parent orientation versus the peer orientation um, section. I think that piece was one of my top five like rocks, I like to call it, when I started getting my aha moment around um, taking a different lifestyle change or making a different lifestyle change for my younger kids. I think that kind of sums up where our problem is today, that our, our teenagers are leaving home mentally and emotionally way too early, hence all the mental health problems, and they're being raised by their peers. This is not a good idea to have teenagers raising teenagers. I'm going to agree with you on the um, peer versus parent because this is a lot of where the conflict came up for us and our children were so well-behaved and emotionally mature as far as they could be for a child and could look parents other this is the this is the thing we get all the time when we're out in public is wow your children look me straight in the eye when they're talking to me mm-hmm. and it's always the theme and they have good conversations with adults and i've always thought that the children were well behaved and then you have those that never have seen that in a child before and their own children aren't like that and um, sometimes you get a little kickback, like you're smothering them or, you know, you, you just, you're not letting them live their life. And I would go back and forth and back and forth. But when I read this, when I was putting it all together, it just made sense that that bond with the parents is that crucial. Like we're doing the, the right thing that I was just pretty much encouraged mm-hmm. that this is, this is the right steps. Like they can yeah. have peers and all that and be close with them once they're out. We don't have much time with them to That's really right. just love on them and teach them. Yeah, we don't have enough time. And the adolescent brain, the human brain in general during adolescence has a lot of work to do. And what we're seeing in our culture is this stunting of this development. They're not moving forward because they're being raised by each other so much. If your child has social media or even a video game, they're going to be very influenced by the people that they they spend time with online. In fact, um, if they are spending more than you know a random hour a day, or I wouldn't even do an hour a day knowing what I know now, but um, depending on that, they're not spending even that much time with you as a parent. Right. So when it when the scale kind of flips and they're spending more time with their their peers, you know, we're not saying that it's not good for them to have friends. Of course they should have friends, but they should be closer to you as far as coming to you to get their advice about life and answering life's big questions. Those big questions should not be answered online. But today, this is where all of this depression and anxiety are, is coming from because they're trying to get these answered online from people who don't not only know them, but who don't care about them. So as the parent, you are the one with the unconditional love. And then we have a healthy parenting section in here where we have the the different styles of parenting. And this is fabulous. This information, again, if boy, I sure wish I had known more about this science before I started making a bunch of mistakes Mm -hmm. with my oldest. And then we end the section talking about sleep and the importance of um, sleep for teenagers. And I always joke when I'm out, you know, kind of teasing my my workshops and I say, yes, I used to be the game cop mom and setting that kitchen timer and trying to get everybody, you know, on board. Of course, I'm not the game cop mom anymore because we have a game-free home actually, but I am the sleep police. <laughs> so <laughs> I make sure that everybody's getting in bed because um, teenagers need nine hours. And if your teenager doesn't believe you, take them to the course and show them. And y'all can look up the references that we have here and you can look um, at the science behind that. So let's look at lesson three. Okay. Lesson three is entitled Brains and Screens. And we know that excessive screen use can disrupt healthy development. So we spend time in this lesson talking about that and how that happens. We have a wonderful video in the beginning of, in fact, each of our lessons have a video opening, but this one, we have Dr. Victoria Dunkley in a video. And I think a lot of y'all know Victoria Dunkley. She has written the book, Reset Your Child's 
brain. And this is a very good lesson to have. In fact, this lesson may be worth actually the price of the whole course. I I think I'll Mm -hmm. just say to be able to get this information from her to understand that not all screens are created equal and what that really means, but mostly to understand that the problem with our kids' brains and screens is the amount of stress that this is a big mess for a lot of parents. They don't understand that the reason why screens are such a problem is because it causes so much stress. And so we have a whole slide deck here that goes through all the points about where the stress is coming from and how screens cause stress. This is very valuable information. We have a whole section on how their behavior is changing. We have information on the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development Study. This is the ABCD study that you may have heard about that the National Institutes of Health is undergoing right now, where they are researching the effects of screen time on kids' brains. They're actually doing MRIs, so you learn a lot about that. We touch on parental controls. We also have a graphic that shows the difference in a child who is playing games and on a lot of screens versus a normal child. And it will show the MRI. It's very fascinating to look at this by Dr. David Rosenberg. We have how screen overuse can derail a perfectly healthy brain. We have a whole stack on this um, that will go through all the different ways that screen use can hurt your, your child's brain development. Again, it interrupts that executive function development. Anna has done a wonderful job of bringing this all to you in a very graphically pleasing experience. And she's taking our information. And so, for example, on the effects of screen overuse on a young brain versus the effects on a teen brain, she's done that in a really nice way. So it's easy to digest. You don't feel like you're just reading volumes of a text and it really comes off really, really well. Yeah, I want to say something about that because it is so much information when you get on and you look and once you buy the course and you start digging through, you might skim like like Melanie said the first go round, but you're going to want to really click and move things around and and look at all of the research and all of the things and it seems a little overwhelming at first when I first looked at it, I thought are they really dealing with chronic stress? You know, are they really dealing with social anxiety? Are they really dealing with this and mm-hmm. lack of sleep and all the things? But they are. And so if stress is going to decrease the body in, a, in an adult and decrease its functioning, its immune system, things like that, just think what it's doing now. These screens yes. are doing to our little ones. And then as they age, this is where my brain goes, okay? So as they age and become adults, are they now more susceptible to inflammation or mm. other things? things in their body that cause major decline as they get older because they've been dealing with it for longer than we did. You know, we were drinking out of garden hoses, riding bikes till the sun went down. You know, our kids are not doing that. They're, you know, they're growing up in a box with filtered air. You know, they're not outside eating dirt. So it's just a different upbringing. It makes me wonder what, and this is kind of an off subject, sorry, but they're making, it makes me wonder what happens now. Yeah. Well, we should all be very concerned about it. We know that stress is a huge factor for any illness and that our kids are becoming less and less resilient, you know, when you're under stress, it absolutely affects all of your body systems. And, and we go through this in here. It's a very good, succinct way as a, as a busy mom or dad, if you don't have time to go read a hundred books, but you do have time to do this and learn what you need. And if you get interested in other pieces of this, for example, the stress topic here, then I've got the references. You can take a deeper dive, read some more books about it. It, At the end of every lesson, we have book recommendations. We have further podcast recommendations. Uh, There may be some YouTubes down there. There may be some TED Talks down there um, at the end of all the lessons. On this particular lesson, one of I think one of my favorite thing all these all these things are so my favorite. We sort of end this lesson with something on parental blind spots. And I, this is just really close to my heart because I am so excited to share this with our audience because this was something that I didn't realize that I personally struggled with some blind spots in the, in the early days and I didn't even know what I didn't even know. I I didn't even know I had 
blind spots. And so just looking through this section is so helpful. This can save you so much pain. <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious. Boy, you'll get some real light bulb moments even just reading reading that deck. So let's move on. I'm just going to kind of skim through some of these other lessons here. Lesson four of the KBS, the Kids Brains and Screens is smartphones and social media. Now, this is a pretty big lesson. I will admit (laughs) that this one, we did our best, but there was so much information, you know, what teens are doing on social media. What's the problem? Like, what's the big deal with teenagers and social media? We give you lots and lots of bite-sized, easy to digest pieces of information here. Um, We discussed the mental health issue a little bit here. We have another lesson coming up for that as well. We have the common stressors that are created by social media. And we actually go through the most wonderful section. It covers myths and how many are there? And what is your favorite myth in here, Anna? We have so many myths. Oh, man. There's so many. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny because you know people are thinking this. We have 12. Is it 12 myths? Yeah. We got about yeah. 12. Okay. It's a lot of them. I don't know. Let's see here. Mimicking others is more common at this age. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a pretty good one. And it's just what's what we're, it's the comparison talk. It's yeah. trying to be like their peers. If, if I don't give them use now, they will binge and go crazy later. <laughs> Boy, that's a great myth, isn't it? Well, I think that's like the common thing that everybody, I mean, even my mom would do things when I was younger. As long as I was at home, you know, it's like, no, that's not how we do that. You know, lead by example. Mm-hmm. I think that the myth number 11 here, if I don't give them use now, they'll binge and go crazy. I think this is in the top three of... Uh, all the questions when I go out on the road, there are, I've got 12 myths listed here, but there's probably about three that hover in that top, in that top layer across the board, across every state, across every aisle, across everything. And, and this is definitely one of them. And so we have a pretty good answer in here. The other one, oh my goodness, is this a big one? My kids need smartphones now because if, if I don't teach them how to use it now, you know, they, they won't have to do it later. Oh my goodness. I hear that one all the time. So we actually went through and answered a bunch of myths in here. If you're the parent out there who is looking for some reasons to share with your child, but also with your own peers, because our parent peers, our friends are kind of hard to convince sometime and we can't convince everybody. We have to, we just have to know why we believe what we believe here. Okay. So let's talk about lesson five for a second. This one's on video games. And this is also a lot of information. I could probably take lesson five and make an entire course out of lesson five because there are so many things in here. We have jam-packed this full. Anna, again, has done a fabulous job of allowing you to soak in a lot of information, but not um, feeling like that's what you're doing. Uh, You're learning a lot without having to um, be too stressed about it. So we go through all the different ways that like the physical effects of gaming, we talk about that. We talk about the um, basic human needs that your son has, because of course, gaming is usually done more by boys. And we go through reasons why he may be gaming. I have a whole deck in here that talks about how the gaming habit grows out of control. This is fabulous. This is a wonderful way for you to walk through and see where you are and where your child is on the scale. Is he at the beginning? Is he at the end? One of my favorite parts of this lesson is the uh, information that Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman has allowed us to use and that he filmed special for us. And this little video in here is priceless. Talks a lot about aggression and about how uh, video game violence really is a thing and how it makes your kids more aggressive. Uh, we talk about how cartoon violence is does the same thing. Anna did a great job of explaining the video game rating system in here. Many of y'all don't even know there is such a thing. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And then um, at the end, we talk about mistakes that parents make, or that's not quite at the end, but we talk about the common mistakes and then how to know if your child is developing an unhealthy dependency. We end on the warning signs. The last thing is another little stack of myths, common myths around gaming. 
Yeah, because it's it's portrayed to be innocent. There's just a lot of things that we would normally not allow in real life, but for some reason we're allowing them in fake life. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. what we're trying to give you is information about what, you know, especially teen boys, but what do they need instead of this? Mm-hmm. Like what are we not fulfilling that we yeah. should be fulfilling so they can be reasonable, healthy adults and not have these problems? How we can replace the game with right. other activities. And so we end this whole section on a lot of the work that I did on Will Your Gamer Survive College? And if you're not convinced in the first part of the lesson, by the time you read the end where it does give you a preview into what happens when a, a high school boy who is very enamored with gaming, who actually has gaming as their one of their favorite things to do, what's some of the risk and what's some of the problems that you may face when he goes to college. And, you know, maybe you need to take a break before you spend a lot of money on college if he's not quite ready. So in lesson six, we cover the dark side of screens, which of course is the pornography issue. And I think it's done in a very tasteful way. It's hard to deal with this topic. Um, We wanted to make this lesson user-friendly by many, many ages. And so I feel like Anna, once again, just did an amazing job of making the graphics really tell a story. And it just gives you the feel for the information without feeling bad, without feeling guilty or shamed or anything. It's just Mm -hmm. very logical. And I love this section, the teen brain meets high speed internet porn. This is, this is a really good video in here. We've had a lot of experts work with us through this. There's a deck called why good kids look at porn. Every parent should flip through this and understand what is um, making their, their kid go down this path. If this is what's happening. And then the section on finding porn in the most surprising places. This was shocking to me a little bit just because of, I use these sites, some of them, not all of them, um, but it's shocking. And, you know, and I think we did a very good job of being very blunt, but still so that people can understand, and especially moms that do have blind spots still, because we all have them in some area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did ha- take out a lot of stuff that maybe would be offensive, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's there and they'll be able to find it if they look mm-hmm. hard enough, you know, right. but, but I think that, you know, you could sit down with your teenager in this course right. is, is wholesome and ready to view for many different ages. And the part on the stats, the re, the reports that we have from Pornhub are just fascinating. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that the average person would go out and collate all this information. I think it'd be really hard, but it's right here under one little roof. You can just skim through it or you can take a deep dive and learn a little bit more about it. But again, it's in a really easy to read format. We have a whole section here on how to, to delay exposure, how to delay porn exposure. This is valuable. This is extremely valuable. I don't feel like there's a lot of fear mongering going on in this lesson. I think it's very clear. It's succinct. It gives you so much education. And with, of course, education, you have power, you have confidence, you feel like you can go home and make some changes, you know, in your house. And we do have a couple little myths at the end. Again, with each one of these lessons, I've really tried to draw on my experience out in the field for all of these years and and just really pay attention to what parents need. And this is really what I believe they need. I won't go through the walkthrough of the screened um, screens in school section. I'll just tell you lesson seven is fabulous. There are things in lesson seven about how the human brain learns that is worth <laughs> Of course, I keep saying that the price of the course, there are so many things in here about attention and I just love lesson seven. Lesson eight, it, it was the last lesson we added and we did this at the request of a number of school counselors that I work with and guidance counselors that we add a lesson on teen mental health. So this lesson is so valuable. Again, once again, sit down with your teenager, flip through, read some of the statistics in here, talk about, you know, teen mental health. I think a lot of us feel like, how do I bring up this discussion? How do I talk to my daughter about this? Well, this is how you do it. You sit down, you don't have to do the whole course in one sitting. You can take a lesson every week and say, hey, let's look and see what the lesson is this week and let's see what we can learn. We have a whole section on all the different, the, the basic 
reasons, uh, the general factors, I guess, that contribute to teen mental health problems. And your daughter or your son may read one of these and say, yeah, that oh, I, I didn't realize that. This peer rejection, mom, you're right. I do feel like I get rejected a lot at school. And let's talk about that. We have the warning signs. If your teen is depressed, you need to know what the warning signs are. We talk a lot about the difference between boys and girls when it comes to how they use their screen media and why it affects girls more Um, It affects a girl's mental health more. Anna has done a fabulous job on this graphic, one of my favorite ones where she's describing the difference. And then we have the reasons why there's a difference between the way boys and girls use media. So now mom and dad, when you read this and you see this and you have your son or daughter there, you can say, look, this is normal. You're fine. This is the way your son's going to use it. This is the way the girls are going to use it. Your daughter's going to use it. And now all of a sudden they don't feel so weird and they don't feel like there's something wrong with them. This is just how it works. Social media has affected, is really affected our, our girls in so many ways, different, you know, more than our boys. Um, and it all centers around the types of rejection that they're under. And we unpack these types of rejection. We talk about the effects of the rejection. This alone, Anna, you have a daughter. I think this alone would be so helpful. My daughter is out of college now, but if she was in high school, oh my goodness. Yeah, I can re- I can refer back to this just for being, you know, away all night at an activity with girls on their screens and she's not. Like just the lonely mm-hmm. like I can I can just see the peer pressure because she'll text me during her dinner break and be like, What you doing, mom? You mm-hmm. know, and I know it's because she's not on Instagram. You know, and it's it's kind of sad and it makes me giggle at the same time. Like I have mixed feelings yeah. about it, yeah. but it's so intense. Like yeah. it's, it's it's a world that we'll never understand unless we start researching and figuring it out. And we do. We have to set those values and mm-hmm. make them not feel like aliens so that we can help them walk through sure. it. And that's yeah. what building the whole Screen Strong community is all about is getting a few friends to do this with you. And then all of a sudden she's not feeling left out because she has her friends and she has her family and we have her back and we have our kids back. Let me, let me just say that when you do this lesson, your kids will understand that they will be more rejected on social media than they will be off of social media. Mm-hmm. So that's what the message is. The message is, you know, what we think is right is left and left is right. It doesn't maybe make sense right at first, but when you understand the brain science and when you read the studies on teenage rejection pain that they feel when you read this in here, you will get it. Like you understand that this isn't just my kid. This is, this is a problem across the board. It's not, there's nothing wrong with our family. This is just the way it's designed. And we close this with 10 ways social media can harm teen mental health. So we go through a really good chunk of information here about where the harm comes from. And then we end on how to improve their mental resilience. And so when I did this lesson, I had it vetted by a number of school counselors and they had input. We added things that we felt needed to be added. So what you're getting is a just plethora of information, you're getting um, the top points from many counselors. This is not just from me and my experience. This is from the experts that have vetted our course for us. So Anna, let's jump over to the Screen Strong Solution. By the way, at the end of the KBS, we have all the endorsements there. We also have the endorsements at the end of the Screen Strong Solution course. So once you're done with the KBS, you go into your dash. Uh, through your password, and you will see the Screen Strong solution. And I'm just going to spend a few minutes on here because it's so fun. I could just spend all day talking about you know each lesson. The KBS, the Kids Brains and Screens, remember, is the science and the facts and the education piece. This less this section is the how to fix this in my house piece. (laughs) And so, so many organizations out there and me in the beginning, of course, used to do lots and lots of education, but without this piece, without the solution, without the, how do I do things different? You know, you're lost. So I hate it when you go listen to a speaker, you know, Anna, and they tell you all these 
things that are wrong with something that you're doing, and then they don't tell you how to fix it. Right? Yes. So how frustrating is that? And you're like, what are the steps? I just need the steps. I just just tell me what to do. And so what we did in this piece of the course, this part two, we again probably eight years. This has been eight years in the making of walking you through. We're walking you through the steps that are necessary to create a screen strong lifestyle. This these are also the same steps that you'll do when you have a problematic situation in your home with a child that you need to take off video games or a child you have to take off their social media. These are the steps. This is sort of like a detox, but in a way it's also a lifestyle and how you are going to do your life a little bit different. We use Dr. Victoria Dunkley a lot for our resource on this and her book that we refer to a lot through this. So again, this is vetted by physicians and pediatricians and psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors and people who've actually done the work of removing, you know, helping families remove problematic screens from their house. So the first lesson is lead like a coach. And here we go into your parent role again, and we explain the science behind what your role is as a parent. And I love, I think my favorite thing in here, you probably have your favorite thing, but my favorite thing is the list that we have in here over the the list, the graphic that you did such a beautiful job on the negotiable versus the non-negotiable things in your home. And I think this one little section in here can change a life. It can change the way you parent. All of a sudden, you're going to have so much confidence in talking to your kids about reducing screen time because you're going to have some of these toxic screens on your non-negotiable list. I mean, you'll see what we're talking about when you come in the course and how we unpack the coach's approach to parenting. What is your favorite part yeah. of this lesson? Um, I'm just going to say generally, I think that it doesn't seem um, scary or like like you're being bad for not yeah. doing these things. I think that it really is just an, an encouragement and an empowerment to try something that you haven't tried before. And I think all these little steps that obviously what you just talked about, negoti- negotiable and non-negotiable, those are awesome. But even just like the little tiny tidbits, like, you know, the benefits of your new coaching role, like it's almost mm-hmm. this encouragement of you didn't, I mean, it's not like you're bad, but here's the benefits of the new role you can step into. If, yeah. you, cha- if you choose to take the challenge, let's do this. We got you steps of becoming the best coach, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. an encouragement plan of action for them. It's so empowering when you, when you look at your new role as a coach and you want to really help your team and the whole tone through this entire part two is that of a team that you are not against your kids. People ask me all the time, well, aren't you scared your kids are going to hate you? No, absolutely not. We love each other and we have each other's back. And I I don't, I mean, it's such a myth to think that your kids are going to hate you, but we, once you read this lesson, you're going to feel so empowered to be the coach and to take the the stand. And when we were putting this together and I was going through the outline with Anna, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember going through this lesson and we got down to this part and we were going through your family culture and everything. And you said, well, we got to have a section on values. And I'm like, yes, we do. And um, so then you did the graphics around determining and defining your family values. And it just is a natural thing that once you figure out that your role is that of a coach, then you got to figure out what the values are for your team. And that is lesson one. That's the first step, right? The next lesson is prepare for change. Because once you figure out what you got to do and what your values are, then you got to figure out how to prepare for change because you know you're going to make some changes. And a lot of times people don't prepare. They they jump off the cliff and they don't think ahead. And so this lesson is pretty short, but we go through the mental prep, the physical prep, things you got to do initially around your house. And we go through this section on friends, what's going to happen. And we talk a lot about friendships in here. I love the Dunbar number. Uh, If you have ever been to one of my workshops, you know I talk about this. And you'll learn a little fact. There's a cool fact in here. It takes 200 hours of time spent together in person to build a friend, to move someone from a stranger to a good friend. Then we have, oh, the section on how to prepare for pushback. This is so valuable. Oh, you go through, right? Because your kids are going to, probably have a little temper thing. Oh, definitely. 
I think that we refer a lot of this lesson, this lesson too, we refer to it like when you do a diet change, because if you just were open up the fridge the very next day, you made a decision and there was nothing in there, but Twinkies, you know, you wouldn't be able to <laughs> stay on your diet very well. But if right. you were to open it up after you went to the store and you threw out the old things and you made a list on the refrigerator and you, I mean, everything was in place the very next day, then you yeah. could jump right on and you wouldn't yeah. feel intimidated. So this is really the setup that every parent needs when they make the choice to actually walk forward in it. Because they have to prepare. And I think so much in our culture, just like you said, we get excited about something and we jump in and we don't prepare. And so this even ends with preparing for the grief response because I walk through and explain to the audience how your child potentially could go through the equivalent of a grief response, right? They're losing this best friend in their life, their phone or their their video game. So let's move on to lesson three is sharing the news. I won't go through, I won't walk do a whole walk through through this one because it's easy to understand. But this is where we actually give you conversations to have with your kids. And how do you tell them? This is what parents ask us all the time. Well, how do I tell my child that I'm getting ready to do this detox or, you know, take his phone away or his video game or her phone? And, you know, how do I do this? This is where you do it. <laughs> this is where you learn <laughs> how to do it. And it's called share the news. And we go through how to talk to your kids, how to talk to all the people in your life and the different age groups. We even have a section here on writing a letter, how to talk to extended family members. I believe it's at the end of this and I'm not quite sure. I'm trying to scroll. We have PDFs. Okay. So there was something I, when we put um, in here, there was like letters already written for your school. I was so amazed. I'm like, this is exactly what, I mean, right. you can't think to do that. Not everybody thinks to write a really well-written letter to an instructor or a principal or anything like that, but we give you everything you need to start off, like everything. On every angle. And I absolutely love that. And that's what this part two does have PDF worksheets at the end. Part one, we didn't have the need for that. But part two, this you actually can print off the worksheets and you can fill them out as you go. This is why this works really well in a small group. On lesson four, understanding screen habits. Again, I'm not going to just for sake of time, I'm not going to go through all of this, but this lesson is, it's long. I get that it's long, but it is one of the most critical lessons for you to understand how your child built the screen habit that they have today. You're going to learn how cues work, how triggers work, how to start new habits you're going to learn how to teach your kid how to stay away from temptation. It is amazing. This this lesson, I really debated like putting it in the science section, but I wanted it in this section. But it's a lot of science, but it's a lot of easy to read and easy, easy to understand science. And Anna, once again, has just knocked it out of the park here for your brain and your visual <laughs> brain to kind of keep up with your frontal cortex <laughs> as you're reading through this. Lesson five is removing the screens. And oh my goodness, we have, we open lesson five with one of my favorite stories. It's called Emily's Story. It's from the book PlayStation Nation by Kurt and Olivia Bruner. This is one of the first books I ever read. I love this little Emily story at the beginning. It's about a mom who's so frustrated and I'm not going to tell you because you have to go read it. But what she does, we all have felt like doing what she did. <laughs> and so we say, okay, we need to remove our screens. Maybe not like Emily did, but we're going to give you all the reasons why and the different pros and cons around, you know, the clean sweep and the cold turkey approach and tips for parents with teens and how to teach responsible use because you say, well, I can't take their screens away because they won't learn how to use it responsibly. And you're going to look at this lesson and figure out that that's a myth. The other thing we have in all of these lessons in part two is a screen strong story at the end of every lesson. Lesson six, quickly here, reset your home. I want to say, I don't, I don't know how to say which lesson is my favorite, but I love this 
lesson. I do too. This, I love this one too. Uh, I love this lesson so much because you actually have to reset. Like you need to take, like I was just talking about, take the things that aren't working out and replace the things that you need instead. So whether that be a different way the room looks or what is in the room, I mean, physically, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what's so good about it. It's not just like an idea. Like we go through step by step of what to actually put down, even putting lights in a room because- mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about how we design this course and, and once you get on it and you look at it, you'll see there's something to see, there's something to listen to, there's something to read, um, there's something you can purchase, like another book to do more research. So we've, we've targeted every learning ability that mm-hmm. could be. And so I just feel like this is just another way that we do it. Like, where's the throw blankets in your living room? Yeah. I literally went out and got throw blankets because <laughs> we have a new living room. We painted it, but it looks so sterile and the kids kept saying it doesn't feel like home. We just moved yeah. into this house. And I'm like, yeah. I wonder why. Well, I don't have twinkle lights. I don't have blankets. I don't have things that make mm-hmm. them connect. And we go through every room of your house, guys. I mean, it it's like we go through every room and explain what you can do to make it more screen strong and less screen toxic, right? And we go through the five senses you know, have you ever thought about that in your house? And we have lots of tips in here on what to do. It, it is, this is really fun. This lesson is so fun. I can't wait for more people to get to take advantage of this lesson. On lesson seven is retrain life skills. Boy, is this close to my heart. Y'all know how I feel about life skills if you've listened to the podcast for a while. But all the different categories of life skills and what our kids need to be doing. We have a lot of work to do with them before they leave us. They need to learn all sorts of independent skills. And so if you ever were confused or just didn't know where to start, this lesson is going to help you. At the end of this lesson, we have a printout that you can print out all the life skills that your kids need to do. And like my kids, I told my little boys at the time when we decided to go screen strong, I told them, guess what, guys, you're going to have to learn how to do all these things. And I had this whole list of like a hundred things. I don't know what it was, things like changing a light bulb and, you know, brushing your teeth without me asking you, (laughs) changing the cat box. And it had all that stuff. And I said, this is our job. We have to learn all this before you graduate. And they just, I'll never forget. They just looked at me with their big brown eyes and they said, but mom, we'll never get to play video games if we have to learn all this first. (laughs) And I said, that that's the point. We have a lot to do. (laughs) So anyway, I was so excited to share all that with y'all here. I got a lot of people asking me, well, what are your life skills? Well, here, I'll tell you what they are. You're going to learn a lot about life skills in that one. Lesson eight, we just have two more to go real quick here. Lesson eight is restoring interest and hobbies. Oh, Oh my, this one is so exciting for you mom and moms and dads out there that are so confused around how many hobbies are too much? How many extracurricular activities are too much? How do I balance all this? How do we have downtime? How do I not overschedule my kids? All those questions are going to be answered. You're going to come away so equipped understanding the benefits of interest and hobbies and the reasons why we should spend time building these these interests and hobbies in our kids and realizing how much time screens are taking away from this really important work that we have. Yeah, this is the wonderful place where people start to, I think parents can really just connect and see that they get to be this sounding board for their children. They get to be this light of hope that brings them back to life again. And this is where the work, like all the hard work pays off here. Like let's get involved in some stuff that lets them shine. And it's just rewarding for a parent to see their kid shining and what they can do the best at, you know. This lesson is so fun because you get to think and brainstorm and dream about all the things your kids can learn and do from sports to music to, you know, drama class to karate. I mean, there's so many things that we talk about in here. Of course, the PDFs really help with that as well. The last lesson is entitled Reconnect Your Family. I really do think this is my favorite one. <laughs> I 
keep saying they're all my favorite lessons. I can't keep doing that. But do you remember what we did in this lesson? I'm opening it up again. Yeah. And I, this is the firm boundaries. And I, it's, it's awesome because it's back to that parenting attachment. And you know what's crazy is you think that the generation tells us that they gather this attachment with your child once they've moved out. Like when they turn adults is when you start to bond with them. But it doesn't have no. to be that way. No, that is not scientific at all. <laughs> that <laughs> is not medically sound. You, your kids should never leave you mentally and emotionally. They will leave the premise one day, hopefully. I used to really believe that when Adam turned 16, that he was an adult and he was like on his own, like mentally to make all his decisions. And I will tell you as a seasoned mom of four that they need you now more than ever, really up until 25 years old, till that frontal cortex is developed. But this is a fabulous lesson on connecting your family and Anna, if we if we were giving out awards for the lessons, I'm not even going to tell them what it is, but I'm going to say that the graphics in this lesson, the Reconnect Your Family section, don't don't say what it is. I won't. I know what it is because you were you were like jumping for joy when it all came about, and so I knew I know which we are. The talking minute about. you can't, because we're trying to figure out how to organize the habits of connected families, and the way that Anna did it was just beautiful. I'm just kind of getting teary eyed. Um, looking at it again, <laughs> it's so wonderful. I just love the way you did this. I'm not kidding. I mean, this is like my favorite thing. So every lesson is my favorite lesson, but I think that this one is really tugging on me a little bit here on this lesson seven. So guys, you've got to get it. And we have to talk about this some more on future podcasts about stories. I want to hear stories from everyone here who went out and got this course. And I want to hear your life-changing things. I recommend as you go through this course that you take notes, that you keep a journal, that you keep a journal when you are transitioning over your kids from being a screen-centered house to a screen-strong house. Um, in the beginning, it's going to be rather challenging depending on how old your kids are. If your kids are really little, you can do this you can implement these changes by probably next week. But if your kids are older, it's going to take more prep and more time. We have so enjoyed sharing this with you today. At the end of this part two, Anna, remember we added this whole section on common questions. Yes. And thank goodness for Anna, because she took my big mismatch of all these questions. I have hundreds of them. And then she somehow found order and found some way to organize them, guys. Just thank her. You can write Anna a thank you note for that <laughs> because if it were up to me, they'd be all over the place. And you really organize them well so the reader could quickly see the categories. And I just really appreciate, appreciate you doing that so much. The end of this course, again, we have the endorsements as well. So Anna, anything else you want to say before we wrap up? We have got to zip out of here now, but Anything else? Yeah, just that, you know, don't be afraid to take those next steps. I mean, if you're curious about what your family could look like screen-free, then jump in. There's people jumping in daily and you don't want to be left out of that. This is the brand new movement that I don't think parents understand is serious. But once you start reading, you're going to understand that you're not the only one affected by it. And even though we have been screen-free for so long, they still have, we all have our story. We started somewhere, you know, they have affected us in some way. And um, you may not be the end of the barrel. You may not be, you know, getting therapy for your child, but maybe you have a new one and you just want to do it right the first yeah. time around or the best you can. This is just a great opportunity to jump in with a full community to, to back you up. And we're here for you and we're excited. Yeah. And if your uh, child is really experiencing some pain around this and therefore you're experiencing some pain, Anna, what word of encouragement can you offer to a family who's listening today who is just almost at the end of their rope, like they're ready to throw the towel in. They're just saying, you know what, guys, you might have a really good course, but I think it's too late for me. Well, and this is the thing I was saying to Melanie, <laughs> the most of the second course and definitely mental health section is we have a message of hope and we have got to put it in there. I, I mean, brain science, amazing. All that, so cool. But what happens when you're the one that has to come home to that same pain? Well, you're not broken. 
your child's not broken. You have, everyone has this limit where they find out what they're made of. And this is a perfect time for you to step forward and become that coach and learn new skills. We haven't just arrived to where we know everything. We learn daily. And so you get that opportunity too. So don't look at your life as broken or ruined or you've gone too far or you're in a blended family or you're having a co-parent with somebody who's not on the same page. You can start anywhere you want to start. You just have to take that first step. And I promise you, we will be there to link arms with you along the way. Thank you so much. That's so encouraging. And we need to say that more. We need to remind people that you are fine right where you are. And we are here to help you. We are not going to let you just hang out there by yourself. And so thank you so much, Anna, for helping me do this. This was so much fun. And I really do want to do some more podcasts around certain lessons that we can just unpack a little deeper because the content is so rich and Because of Anna, we are loving the experience. It is such a fun thing to look through. So our call to action is one thing, get the course. (laughs) Get the course. That's all I'm going to say. This is worth so much. This will change so many lives and this will help you. Please let us know when you do. Please give us feedback. Please email us your thoughts and join our Facebook group. We are actually trying to start another forum just on our website to sort of navigate us away from so much social media here at Screen Strong so we can have a platform and have a forum just for you. We are looking at starting a forum just for people who have the course so we can even do more of a deeper dive and answer your questions more specifically about that. Please share this course and this podcast with your friends. If they don't hear about it from you, they may not hear about it at all. We have a lot of work to do, but we can just start with our own community to spread the message and to start this mission. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong.